sacrifice taking the time out of your busy schedules to uh, come and speak with our group. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, with that being said, James, thank you. Um, so our, our advanced group and our essentials group are going to stay together tonight on the Zoom platform. And uh, it's going to be a great uh, opportunity for us to have a dialogue uh, with Matt uh, regarding self-directed IRAs. And he's going to get into their product uh, uh, with the new company they set up last year with directed IRA as well. So uh, I just took a screenshot of their webpage here. I know some of our members here have, uh, have signed up with their firm to handle their self-directed IRAs. And uh, certainly uh, encourage you guys to uh, ask questions. Uh, if you have any questions regarding the self-directed IRA and how to set that up. I know I myself have a few that I want to ask here as well. So, uh, so Matt and Aaron, I uh, want to help, you know, welcome you guys to, to tonight's Zoom call and uh, invite you to, uh, to hop in now if you care to. And uh, if you need to do a screen share, uh, I can certainly uh, stop the sharing of my screen here and give you guys control. So uh, at this point here, it's a uh, the Zoom meeting is now yours. All right. Awesome. Well, Thanks, Bruce. It's a pleasure to be on. I love uh, talking about self-directed IRAs, of course. So, um, and I do have just a couple things I'll share. So let me uh, you can pass the screen share to me and it'll let me do it. Okay. Um, and let me just get this in presentation mode. <clears throat> okay. So, Tell me you guys see the screen. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. We're seeing it. All right. Cool. All right. Well, um, just a couple notes. Aaron is the uh, senior vice president of business development at Directed IRA with us. So um, he handles a lot of new account management and manages that team within the company. So any of you that have questions on that, he's a great guy, very knowledgeable, a lot of experience personally in the real estate space as a real estate investor himself, self-directing his retirement account himself, note investing. Um, I actually know Aaron through some conferences he used to host. Um, so, um, so anyway, so he's a good resource and just on here um, so people can get to know him. But um, Directed IRA, Mark and I started that um, in the end of 2018, first full year last year. We set up over a thousand accounts have about 300 million in assets we administer, um, really trying to become the number one player in the self-directed IRA space. So we're ready to help. We have a special deal for Renata's customers, just so you know that. So um, you get a discount on your fees if you're with Renata's. Um, takes you from 295 annual fee to 250. If you already have an account with us, you don't have that on there, you can add it on now. So, um, but we rolled that out just recently. So. I just want to let those of you that have accounts with this or that looking to set up an account know about that so you get that discount. But all right, well, let's get into the topic. I know some of you guys, most of you or all of you, I think, as Bruce said, have already had the class. Um, so I just want to hit a few key points, maybe to you know get your mind going on self-directed IRAs in real estate and just talk about a couple things we're seeing clients do that might be topical right now and then see what questions you could have. And, and that's what I can be a, the best resource right now for. You've already heard me give my spiel on the class anyways, uh, but let's, if there's any Q&A specifically you have in a moment here, let's, let's um, try and do some Q&A and I'll be happy to, to answer any tricky questions if I can, I'll, I'll do my best. Um, but let's just talk about real estate right now. 
So the real estate market is still strong. I know there's a lot of anxiety out there amongst those of you that have rental properties in particular, or maybe you're in the middle of a flip and you're hoping it's going to sell for what you thought it would. And now the coronavirus has hit and it's, you know, throwing a wrench into all this. And I'm there with you. You know, I've got rental properties inside my retirement account outside of them right now. I'm wondering if they're going to pay their rent next month on time and um, trying to be cautiously optimistic about that. But with any type of um, shift or disruption in the market, we've seen it. People whose retirement accounts are invested entirely in stock are freaked out right now because they've had about a 30% hit. One third, you know, the Dow was at uh, almost 30 grand. It was 29,000. Now it was, I think it was down to 18, 19. Now it's about 20 today. But it's it's been hammered. Now, real estate values haven't hit the floor like that. They're a little more sticky, luckily. So um, it's a good time. We're seeing a lot of interest in people who want a little more diversification. And one thing I've noticed for clients that self-direct, and we have a lot of happy self-directed clients, particularly right now, because it's always like, well, what else can I invest in? And those that kind of got out of the market aren't feeling the heartburn as much. Um, you know, the real estate, particularly if you pick good cash flow properties and, you know, all the other training in Renatus and those of you that have been in the real estate game for a long time know this, that in a bad economy, you want to have cash flow properties because rent, I mean, sure, there's a little bit of a higher default rate when the economy is bad, but if your property still cash flows, who cares what the value is going up and down? I mean, I want to sell when it's up, but I can always weather the storm if the property cash flows. And so for properties you're throwing into your self-directed IRA, it's the exact same principle. You know, I want my IRA or my IRA LLC or Solo K or whatever vehicle I'm using in the self-directed world, I want it to own properties that are going to cover a mortgage if I got it, are going to cover the bills, are going to build up cash on top of it, are going to pay down debt if I got the mortgage. And if you're doing that, man, you're ahead of the game. My own self-directed retirement account owns an LLC that owns rental properties in Indiana. That is, it's been a cash flow market for me, a little close to you guys, and I've loved it. Um, it's built up cash. I, I mean, the, is it a great appreciation market? No, but I wasn't chasing that. Sure, I want to sell when the market's high, but I'm really going to make money over the long term, have, uh, have a lot more safety, I think, with cash flowing properties. So. One thing you're seeing right now, just I'm just giving some feedback from my clients, is cash flowing properties. People are feeling good about those. Um, you know, the, if the economy really takes a dive, you know, it's markets, frankly, like Phoenix, where I'm at, where I could I have rentals here too, but I don't buy more here because it's an up and down market. The economy tanks. Arizona's real estate market's going to plummet, as are the rents here, and so um, and so so you want to be careful where you're going. Just be just think of cash flow. And it's funny, the cash flow game that you're just talking about. I mean, it's all about cash flow at the end of the day. Sure, we want appreciation, but um, focus on cash flow, particularly for your IRA, because the IRA is a long-term game. When you're self-directing, you're definitely not trying to make money tomorrow. You know, you're in it for the long haul to build up the account. And really, the goal, of course, is to build up the largest retirement account. Um, but a couple points just on self-directed accounts. Of course, we're always talking about investment properties. You could be in the middle of a flip right now. Um, one of the most common things and the, the probably one of the 
besides a client buying real estate, just a rental property or property they're flipping with their retirement account, um, which is basically this diagram here. The second most popular thing we're seeing right now is the self-directed retirement account being the lender. And there got to be a lot of competition in the lending space. Um, but again, with a little bit of market disruption right now, um, you're seeing more opportunity for using your self-directed account as a private money lender on deals. Um, banks are going to be a little more cautious. I know the federal government's pushing out disaster loans and all this, but the real estate investor, probably not going to get it. I'm sorry to say that they're kind of going after operational businesses that have a payroll that they're trying to loan that money to. So the private money lender is going to be that much more valuable right now um, to the uh, real estate market because banks are going to be freaking tied up loaning businesses money that have payroll costs, I think. So um, also, and Aaron was just talking about this earlier today, a lot of other people that already own notes, you know, that lent out money that have a lot of notes are selling their notes, which is another opportunity because they're trying to get a little more cash position. Well, that's providing more opportunities to buy some otherwise good notes out there that are already in place and just kind of buy the existing note in place with, with the self-directed retirement account. So, um, so there's some opportunity out there right now, I think more than ever for self-directed investors. Um, there's more interest in it as, as we're seeing. Um, we actually have a PR firm and are, and are looking to get on some TV spots. You guys have seen Mark out on um, different TV networks, but trying to get the message out that you don't have to just buy stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. You know, you're not stuck in that. You can actually own real estate with your IRA, have some diversification, not be stuck to the whims of Wall Street. And so that's a really important message and one that's not communicated well. Financial institutions dominate the advisory world that we all get on what we can do with our retirement accounts. They don't want to let you know that, you know, they want right. you to make their money with them. And so we're trying to kind of break through and get that message out there. So um, think about the retirement account as a lender. For those of you doing a flip, you know, and that's a good resource is people that have retirement accounts that can loan you money, generally, of course, want to secure it on the property. So I don't know, those are just a couple of points I thought it would be helpful to make preliminarily to get your mind going on self-directed accounts. But uh, Bruce, I don't know, or James, if you guys want to moderate any questions. I know, Bruce, you mentioned you had some few questions. I can just build questions. Or if there's an area you're like, hey, we're in the study group and we had an issue on this. Can you talk more about that? I can jump around too. That would be great. So one, one observation or comment I'd like to make. I, I know Mark did a training on this sometime back. It's up on YouTube about uh, – you know the four the four quadrants, and uh, you know, the one that killed everybody in the last market collapse was uh, people counting on appreciation. And I think yeah. that's the one that we need to be very aware of that we're not buying for appreciation; we're buying for cash flow. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, and you so know what's funny? In the Mark and I back in kind of two thousand eight and nine, we developed this little property analysis because we were getting our real estate clients calling us. And they're like, do I keep this property or not? And this is kind of interesting right now, given what I'm not saying, the, you know, the real estate market's going in, you know, the toilet right now, but it's just an mm -hmm. interesting way to think about how you're investing today. Back then we, we would say, you know, we had the same quadrant type thing there, but it was like, when do I hold a property? And so our analysis was if the property still cash flowed, but it was worth less than the mortgage right now, we were like, keep it. It makes sense. We're going to come out of it. We knew we would. 
and those those people that held because the property still cash flowed even when the the value went below what they owed on the mortgage which is frightening hmm. um, if you were in it for the long haul the property cash flowed you weren't coming out of pocket right. and so that was the kind of the weird quadrant that a lot of people were confused on and we were like hold it just definitely don't sell it now the other quadrant of course it was like it's undervalued and it doesn't cash flow then it's like dump that property because you're putting you're throwing bad money away and you're gonna have to really wait it out so if you're thinking of buying now I mean, we can't predict price, but the cash flow analysis, what you're going to be paying, you know, uh, on the mortgage and expenses to the property, insurance, property tax, all that stuff, and what your rental income is, you can analyze that to know your cash flow and have it be pretty dang close on that. Whereas how the value is going to go up and down, that there's a lot more mystery to that. Mm -hmm. Right, great. All right. Does anybody have any questions for Matt as we're moving through uh, through his information here? Feel free to uh, hop on. This is Todd. Matt, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah I, I, I guess my uh, one of my questions, and you may or may not be able to answer this. I don't know how far I can go on this, but so I'm just at the point where I'm setting up like a series LLC, and I could put a couple properties in. So if you do it through a self-directed, can that be in the same series, or do you have to create like does the IRA because the IRA has to own it right so if i have an llc that i'm creating does the self-directed one have to actually be owned by the ira or can they be connected anyway does that make sense and i'm not yeah. a legal expert obviously yeah yeah so you're you would be buying properties with the ira but also properties without the ira correct yes yeah. so is that two separate llc's then essentially yeah unfortunately it is and okay so Series LLC is cool. You know, it's in about 20 states now. It's in Illinois. Uh, it's in Wisconsin. It's, it's in a lot of the Midwestern states, actually. It's in a good spot. There's, but um, Arizona, we still don't freaking have it. But because um, <laughs> um, it is pretty cool. So, but no, you cannot use one series LLC for rentals you personally own plus your IRA because at the end of the day. You'd be mixing up. Self is owned by one owner. That's yeah. either you okay. or it's your IRA. Now we have clients do both. I wow. got my series LLC for all my personal properties, and I got my series for my IRA properties. And now that's you know you need a lot of properties going on um, to justify that. But and sometimes we just do a regular LLC. A lot of times I've just done a regular IRA LLC because you're just buying one or two properties. They don't need the series series yet. But then okay. we can always convert a regular LLC into a series later. Um, pretty, it's pretty easy to convert it without causing too much havoc. You know, it keeps the same name and same tax ID. So you can always convert a regular LLC up to a series. Um, it's kind of a two-step method as you're growing and building properties. Okay, that makes sense. And that obviously keeps the separation, so you're not basically mingling your personal and with the IRA. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, so so in Illinois, they, they dramatically reduced our rates for for regular LLCs, uh, what, last year or year before? So Yeah, that was nice, huh? I'm looking at $600 just to register with the state. Now it's like 75 bucks. So it's, uh, you know, the benefits of having a series for the cost savings really isn't there anymore in Illinois. So if you're looking to buy one property right now, Todd, you know, in your IRA, you can just set up a regular LLC, right? And then if you want to multiply that or you know, keep that under the same veil, then you probably turn that into a series to Matt's point, right? 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of asset protection benefits. There's like some cost savings too, but there's just asset protection benefits to the series too when you got multiple properties going. So, you know, rather than setting up multiple LLCs, because you still have the cost of the lawyer or someone who documents on the regular LLC. Right. You know, so, it's still a good asset protection structure in the series. But yeah, Illinois has. I mean, they went from being the worst to kind of be in the middle of the road now and like everyone else on their filing fees. So that was good. I don't yeah. know. I don't know who gets to take credit for that. The governor there? Or, good job. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> California is 800 bucks a year. So they're, they're California like, on in and every year. So they're yeah. brutal. And that's just for the registration fees. I mean, what does it cost for your firm to, to set up the, the corporate books, the LLC books, you know, for, for a new entity? Are you talking about from from books when you like to set up the documents or are you talking about like, yeah to set up you know to set up yeah. the operating agreement or the, oh yeah yeah the documents yeah yeah so our fee for an llc in general is 800 dollars. Um, we have a paralegal option it's 400 bucks for just regular llc's okay. ira llc's are also 800 bucks if you've got partners in it or multiple iras it's 1500 bucks for an ira llc because there's more documents and coordination <laughs> but um we don't have a paralegal option for the IRA LLCs. They just, paralegals can't consult on them um, and they need a consult. So, but yeah, just a regular LLC, it's 400 bucks plus state filing fee with a paralegal, 800 bucks for one of the lawyers. IRAs okay. are 800 bucks though. Very good. good. And then our IRA account fee, just so you know that directed IRA um, for Renatus members is 250. That's an you know annual fee of 250. We actually have a promotion. It's 150 bucks off in March. Um, which we may relaunch in May because March has been a weird month. So, right. okay. <laughs> um, but it's a promotion right now. We're still running and had a lot of people take advantage of. So, if you're close or wanting to self-direct, it's a good time to get the account going. Right. And so, what does that 250 like when you do that? What is the service that you're offering at that point? To so, it up? we're the custodian of your IRA. Okay. So you have to have a custodian of the IRA. Right. And right. receive the money is on title to assets. So like in an IRA LLC, where the IRA owns the LLC. We're going to invest right. most of the money into the LLC, so you have checkbook control of it, as you know from the class. But you have to have a custodian, whether your IRA is at Schwab buying stock or it's another self-directed IRA custodian, you have to have that. And we're responsible for all the tax reporting to the IRS on it. If you take distributions, when you make contributions, when you roll money in and out, we have to report all that to the IRS, which we do. Um, so that's, that's, you have to have us or someone else. But so you're one of the companies that can be, a, so I know in your, your video you had shared, there's a list of certain companies that do self-directed IRAs. Right. So the company you've created is one of those companies. Right, yeah, we're direct okay. an IRA. There's only one okay. company you need to know, you know. Um, <laughs> that's right. So but you just go to directedira.com. Okay. That's Mark and I, you know, if you guys know Mark Kohler, my partner, who's got Renata's classes too. So um, directedira.com, right there's a the URL on crap. Um, okay. That's where you get info on us and set up the accounts fully online. What's the minimum you'll see people start accounts with? It depends on what people are investing into. I mean, sometimes we have clients, like let's say real estate, a real estate-ish, like a tax lien. I mean, they have a couple thousand bucks sometimes. Yeah, um, okay. I have clients that, very sophisticated clients, doing just a couple thousand bucks sometimes, 5,000. 
they're doing auctions and assignments, mm -hmm. um, kind of almost a wholesaling type strategy. Um, but so it, it can be lower dollars. The majority, though, I would say our average account balance, um, probably 150 grand, 200 grand. Okay. Um, and they're buying rental properties or private money lending or investing in an LLC partnership with some other people buying a bigger property. Those are the most common things. But we get a lot of people just at 50. You know, they're throwing 50 grand into a or um, private money lending deal. Yeah, just to get started. Okay. Yeah. Right. Thank you. So for those of you that are, you know, new to real estate investing and are really, you know, don't have the money to do real estate, this is probably one of the the major strategies that made a turning point in my life of doing real estate is to be able to raise capital to invest in our deals with us. And, uh, you know, whether you're wholesaling or fixing flipping or even, you know, buy and hold where we're bringing, you know, short-term money with, through private you know, private investors with their IRAs and then, you know, stabilize the property, fix it up and get tenants in there. And then we'll go to the bank and refinance and hold it and pay off our investors. So, um, so this is a training that changed my life. I mean, one of two things that, you know, through the Renatus education that changed my life was understanding really how to do self-directed IRAs and work with lenders on, on our properties and, uh, you know, yeah. really, really take your game to the next level. So you do need money to do real estate. You just don't need, it doesn't need to be yours. Yeah, yeah, it's great. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I, when I speak, sometimes I say that if you don't have a dollar in a retirement account and you could care less about having a big retirement account, I mean, I think most people are like, Hey, I want, I want a retirement account and I want a bigger one. You know, I've got one, but I want it to be bigger when I retire. Okay. What well, talk about how you can grow up by investing in real estate. But even if you don't care about that, you're like, I just want to make money today. Well, there's $30 trillion and maybe that's down to 22 trillion. I don't know. You know, in uh, retirement accounts right now. So most people's money that can be invested in your deals, you need to fund a rehab, you need to fund an acquisition, you know, like that's, the money's all in retirement accounts that people have to invest for the big chunk of it. So knowing right. these rules helps you unlock the money that could be put into your real estate. Okay. All right, does uh, anyone else have any questions or you know, anything, any key points you learned from, from Matt's class online here that uh, you'd like to share? Yeah, I, Bruce, it's Kurt. Hey, Kurt. Yeah, hello, hello, Matt. Hey, Kurt. Um, I just completed the uh, KKOS directed IRA and got it all set up. Okay. And, uh, it's fantastic. It was a great experience. And um, I'm excited and the money's sitting there. And it's all sitting in cash, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's really, really that part of it's really great. But so my question is, since since I have checkbook control and it's sitting in like a just a, an account, yep. um, can I can I also have like an E-Trade account and just directly fund that E-Trade account as a as a stock account and then back into the market? Because this, you know, when this thing pops, it's going to, you know, I'll get a nice 20 percent pop. And then I can just dump it and bring it back into the. So, so what are the rules? What are the, what's the nomenclature on that? Yeah, on on the yeah on that. Good question. Um, I've been getting that question a lot actually because it when, you know, when you're between real estate deals, I mean, you want the money ready in the LLC, right? So when you see an opportunity, you can on it. But at the same time, the market's a bargain right now. Some people are like. 
hey, I want to get my money in there in case it bounces back. Hopefully it doesn't fall anymore, but you know, in case it bounces back, and then I can sell the, the stock or whatever and put it back to cash and I have my real estate deal. So I think that mentality has been floating out there for others too, because I've been building that question. It's tricky, let me say that. I actually have a blog article on this about um, can I have a brokerage account with my IRA LLC? There's two ways to do it. One is how you just mentioned, have the LLC set up its own brokerage account. I prefer to use TD Ameritrade. The reason for that, and if you go to the blog article on my blog, strahandbook.com, is TD Ameritrade actually has an IRA LLC brokerage account. So they have a brokerage account for an LLC where you say it's owned by an IRA. That's important because that means they do not do tax reporting to the IRS. If you set up a regular brokerage account owned by an LLC, when you're buying and selling brokerage assets, when you're buying or selling, that's not me. Yeah, yeah, when you're second. buying or selling, that's, that's not me either. <laughs> I think it's Karen. I'm going <laughs> to mute everyone, and then uh, Matt, if you want to unmute yourself. Okay. Gonna, all right. So everybody's muted here. Okay. So go ahead, Matt. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You can tell it's not me. I got a camera on. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> not in the bathroom, huh? Okay. That's funny. Um, so. So on the so sorry the brokerage account, um, if see let's say I just set up an E-Trade account under owned by the LLC, E-Trade's gonna send tax point to the IRS when I'm selling stock and making money and say oh they made this LLC made money, and so it's a little confusing to the IRS because then they're like well how come this didn't show up on anybody's tax return, but if you do the LLC with TD Ameritrade their brokerage account they're not gonna send the tax reporting because they know it's 100% owned by an IRA. And so, which is what they would do if your IRA just owned a brokerage account directly. They don't send tax reporting to the IRS because they know it's not taxable, it's exempt. So there's a little nuance to that. So check the blog article though. I've got the link to the TD Ameritrade app that the four LLCs that has the IRA LLC, IRA owned LLC um, box to check that'll get you set up in the right way. Do you have a link to that training, Matt, that you could maybe share with us real quick? If you just go to sdrahandbook.com, just go to that website, and if you go to my blog and literally just type in um, SDIRA handbook.com, yep, that's okay. my website. Here, I'll chat it. I can chat it to everybody in the chat. Okay, great. Thanks, okay. Aaron. Yeah, it's called like brokerage, setting up a brokerage account with your IRA LLC or something like that. Okay, so there's a link there that actually takes you to the IRA portal to uh, register your account. All right, it's there in the chat on SDRA handbook forward slash question um, S equals brokerage. Okay. Thank you, Aaron. All right. See it's teamwork. Yeah. So, so Matt, let me ask you, what's your uh, unique market uh, niche, I guess, uh, with, with directed IRA? What's your key, your unique selling proposition with your company versus others? So I think the biggest thing for us is we have the expertise. No one has the level of expertise that we have. I mean, my book in the field it really is the number one book. I was the outside attorney for about half the self-directed IRA industry is that like consulted them on weird stuff. They didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And so as I kind of got in the industry, I was like, crap, I know more than these people running these companies. And that's one of the reasons we started it is because we realized we had the expertise more than anyone. And it took, you know, I started this in 2006, you know, it's 
took me a right. long time to be, you know, I definitely did the 10,000 hours for sure, um, as has Mark in this field. And so, but we also felt like a lot of companies were just terrible at service, to be quite honest, um, and that there's a better way to do it. And that's what we're doing. We have great service. We have amazing people on our, on our team that know what they're doing. And also, um, if you go look at our Google reviews, this is something we really tout is we want to be known for to have the best customer service in the industry. A lot of our competitors are terrible to work with. Um, I saw it for years helping clients and trying to self-direct my own dang accounts and family members. It's, you know, it's not a great space for customer service, unfortunately, mm -hmm. but we're trying to be the exact opposite of that. And if you go to Google and check our reviews, you know, we have 58 five-star reviews of clients. We've only been around for a year and, you know, the, the, appreciation clients have had for us and you can read a lot of them that came from other custodians it's they'll you could you can see you can read and that's that's kind of how we try to differentiate ourselves our expertise top level of service and also we have the a really good turnaround time too i don't know we're just better i mean that's really it's better it's better all right i like it i like it so um good um so Anybody have any questions for Matt at all? Kurt, you had a great, great set of questions there for him. That, that's something I didn't know, even know what to ask. <laughs> so yeah, appreciate that. Question, yeah. um, anyone else have any kind of burning questions after taking the classes that, uh, you know, maybe more relative to today's economy versus, you know, when this, when the recording was done? Hey, Matt, James here. Um, yeah. Real quick, you know, I've, I've taken the, the Renatus class or, or senior classes now three times. And I've always been a little unclear or a little fuzzy. Why, why the exclusion as far as um, you not being able to do any work on your rental property if it's owned by your IRA or your SDIRA? What, what's, the, what's the cause behind that? Um, you're talking about what the legal reason why or what's the... Oh, it, well, yeah, I guess the legal reason and what was the idea behind not allowing you to be able to do physical work on your on your property? Yeah, yeah good question. Um, it's it's a little right. It's totally upside down for what you'd expect of like, yeah, own an investment and do work to improve it. Like that's a good thing. <laughs> um, but the thing with retirement accounts is they want the retirement accounts to basically make their investments on their own and that it shouldn't be benefited by you providing physical work to it. So, you know, if I have 50 grand in my IRA and I buy a property for $50,000 like that, that investment needs to stand on its own. If I go in and do $10,000 worth of work, it's like I'm unfairly putting money into my IRA, you know, like, I, and it's a tax preferred vehicle. So that's kind of the rationale, whether it makes sense or not, or it's fair, or right? That's, they just basically didn't, they wanted the IRA's investment, which could only put in cash to stand on its own. Now the IRA can spend its cash to pay someone to do it. That's not prohibited, but you doing it, whether you pay yourself or not, is just a restriction. It's just, it, it, it's, it seems a little counterintuitive because like, as we just discussed, if you had money in a brokerage account and you were trading that brokerage account on your own, yep. I mean, you're the one in control of that. You're the one who can grow that account or deplete that account. Yeah. Yeah. It just always seemed like a, I mean, I know the questions come up in the past and it's just, that's yeah. the rules and that's the way it is. Um, you yeah, know, I right. think 
I, I think I appreciate the way you put it early on in your training that these are the rules. Once you know the rules and understand the rules, that's how the game is played. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, you know, I freaking hate the community chess card in Monopoly, you know, or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's just, but that's just part of the game. And that's the rule book. It just says you got to do this. And, or no, the champ, the community chess usually is not too bad. It's the other one. Um, but, but that's just how it is. Um, now, the, what you're always cool with, and now, you know, you'll never have a problem with this, making decisions. So whether it's your brokerage account, deciding what stock to buy or what property to buy or who to lend to or who to rent it to or, you know, what to do to improve it, like decision making, checking the property, making sure things are happening, that's always cool. And there, there's not restrictions on that. So it's just the physical work, physical improvement where there's kind of a line in the sand. Don't do that. How, how would they how would they find out i mean you get audited okay. but there's not a case on it because because of that exact question how would they know so right i mean the, the questions come up you know if if you get a call in the middle of the night that says you got a toilet's overflowing yeah. i mean what are you going to do you know wait at the mercy of the plumber to get there or are you going to yeah. go go there yourself yeah. and shut the freaking water off yeah. you know what i, I mean the irs it, cares about that right okay it's more like the you know the whole remodel of the house you throw in the tool belt for and you're there for a month you know gotcha. that, that's the problem um but yeah the emergency stuff dyrus isn't going to chase that down i mean they're not the brightest people out there but they're not that dumb they're not going to go after that <laughs> right so and and on a personal note so i have um i have a 401k with a company that i worked for with worked at for 25 years yep. and um so, so somebody in my position who is not really looking to roll that out into a directed IRA, what would you recommend for me? Set up a directed IRA, maybe do it as a Roth or something to that effect? Or what's, the, what's your take on somebody in my position? Yeah, I mean, you got some options. Um, one, you can do a Roth IRA um, outside of it, which is, which is one. You can throw six grand a year. If you're over 50, you can do seven grand a year. If you're high income, you can also possibly do a backdoor Roth IRA, um, depending on your income, whether you're married, you know, that's, I've got an article on that too. If you, if you don't qualify for the Roth, you can do the backdoor. That's on the same website there. Um, but uh, the other thing to think about is if, you know, a lot of clients we've had from Renatus have a day job, but they also have their side business in real estate. Maybe you're flipping houses or you have commission income. And maybe you, so maybe you have an S corp or an LLC that you run your um, short-term real estate deals or commission income, or maybe you got, you know, some real estate commissions or things like that. Also, um, you could have a solo K also possibly and be self-directing that. And so that's another thing to look at. There's some resources I know in the class on the solo K There's a chapter in my book on it. Um, lots of stuff on my website too. That's another option. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I got to say, I subscribe to uh, the podcast that you and Mark put out every week and yeah. man, you guys are, are on topic all the time. I mean, I really appreciate how much you guys um, put out just on that as, as free information for people that, uh, you know, yeah. definitely one of those weekly podcasts I listen to. So um, good. Um, appreciate that very much. You bet. Thank you. Yeah, check that out. If you guys haven't seen that, it's the Refresher Wealth podcast. It's on all the podcast channels. Um, um, so just check that out, Refresher Wealth. And then 
Um, as Bruce mentioned at the beginning, tomorrow um, Mark and I are doing a webinar and we're actually, we're ripping the audio from that for the podcast. So it's kind of our podcast for the week, live webinar. Um, if you can't get on it live, there is a limit to the, to the webinar. Um, it'll be recorded and then of course you can catch the audio on the podcast. But Mark and I did a, a trial run on this at entrepreneur.com last week. We did that webinar and had phenomenal like um, participation and they really loved it. So we're doing a tr another run at it with all the new stuff that's happened too. So um, it's gonna be a big uh, important topic tomorrow. For those of you out there, you know, that are worried about financial survival right now, you know, whether you own a business, self-employed, you know, doing a day job, got a side hustle, whatever. Um, it's tough. And I know there's a lot of stress out there. So we're going to go through some of the tools, things to know, what to be thinking about, how to be planning. We have a 10 point kind of list that we did with entrepreneur that's on an article that Mark posted there as well. That's a, that we're going to update and reference um, tomorrow as well. So check it out for sure. Awesome. Definitely will be there. So, all right. So, uh, Todd, I saw you come off mute a few times. Uh, did you have a question to ask, or were you just toggling your uh, mute button there? Just toggling. Okay. <laughs> just checking. Just checking. All right. So, anyone else have any uh, any questions they have for Matt and or Aaron? Uh, I was actually, what I was going to say in response to James's question is that, uh, in more of like a nonprofit world, I would think of that, Matt, as like an in-kind contribution. That it's still an yeah. extension of me. It's an investment. That's kind of how I thought about it when you talked about it. Yeah, and that yeah, that's uh, some people have, and other attorneys have said it's uh, it's an unfair contribution, is what they call it, saying that you know you can only put six thousand in, and if you did all this work, that that value would have exceeded the amount you can contribute annually to the account. And so it's, some people have taken a kind of a, uh, angle like that on it too. There's a lot of reasons why you can't do it from a retirement account perspective, but hmm. yeah. Gotcha. Um, you know, one of the other things that uh, going through the videos or your, your note slides from the class. So I know and understand that you, that they no longer allow you to use uh, your self-directed IRA to buy any collectibles, but yet gold and silver and precious metals are not considered collectibles. Yep. Um, there's a couple reasons why. One is the U.S. Mint okay. is the biggest sellers of precious metals, particularly those that could be deemed collectibles like American Eagles and stuff like that. So it's a revenue source for our federal government. So would gold coins or silver coins be excluded because those are yep. more collectible? Depending on whether if they're American Eagles and stuff by the U.S. Mint, yes. Other yes. foreign government yeah. coins can can uh, be owned by an IRA as well. So in my, I have a whole chapter in my book on precious metals. I don't talk about it a lot at Renatus because it's more real estate, but I do have a whole chapter in it. We have hundreds of clients that are precious metals investors at directed IRA. So, um, but yes, you can own certain qualifying precious metals, like not like Krugerrands and there's other common precious metals out there that don't qualify, but there's certainly a large amount that do. You know, bullion does if it has a has a fineness and purity requirement to it. So, yeah. Okay. And and are you and are you finding people that are um, investing with Bitcoin too at all or no? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, a chapter in my book. I got an art. I got a um, video on it too. On my 
Um, usually you'll use an IRLLC to do crypto because crypto requires you to link to a wallet. Um, and so you need a bank account easily to be able to link and the LLC bank account is the best way to do it. So um, yes, possible. You can, you can, I mean, I, you know, th those are things, real estate, I do it more like, and it's kind of more of our bread and butter at directed IRA too. But I mean, we have clients all over the place and I've got clients that were buying crypto really early on that are, that are done very, very well. We got clients that bought crypto too, when it was all hyped up and that, you know, they've lost half their account because it's gone down since the hype. So, um, so, you know, it's kind of invest in what you know, if you're into that and know it, um, or 